Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us here on the BetUS MBA show. Along with Josh C. and Alex Christensen, I'm Kate Constable. We're ready to cap a couple games here for you. But first, starting out, Josh, you have a few words to say about the Sacramento Kings. Go ahead. That was the most infuriating sequence to end a game I think I have seen in a long time. It, and I think the worst part is it was technically the right call. So, like, it's this awkward situation where I'm frustrated, but they did the right thing. But it's just so, 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 so dumb that I cannot wrap my head around it. I'm also angry at Darren Fox as well because just grab the rebound. Like, I don't know what you're doing there. You're trying to save, like, half a second in a game where it's two possessions and there's 24 seconds left anyway. But for those that caught it, know that what happened. Those that didn't, basically, they had a rebound. They didn't secure it. They complained about the clock. They fixed the clock and then decided to make it a jump ball, which LA won, and then went back to the free throw line to then cover by a point or half a point, depending on your number. So just incredible stuff, really, in a peak NBA, I'd say. I love that you call it just incredible stuff. I would call it something else, but we'll leave it at that. Alex, was anything incredible for you last night? It's just another night of goofiness in the NBA. I do like what Josh said about... Uh, what are you doing, De'Aaron Fox? You're trying to save a second in a game. Like, uh, yes, you should fight and scrap for every little single thing, but there is kind of a right way to play. And like on some level, Larry Brown was a coach. If he was down six with more than less than 24 seconds left, he'd just quit. He'd just tell him to dribble the ball out. We wouldn't see any of that kind of fouling, you know, the five-minute, 30-second stretch of a game with 20 commercial breaks and stuff. And again, not that you shouldn't be trying, but like, good God, grab the basketball and go down the floor. <laughs> it was just an amazing way to cap a night where, I mean, you had a Raptors-Spurs Raptors game that looked like it was going to somehow have more points than any other game at certain points. It was just a, a nuts game. It slowed down a little bit in the fourth quarter, but that was great. I mean, Cavaliers-Grizzlies was a complete sweat depending on what number you had there for the total I think a lot of people ended up pushing some some of us lost it by a point but you know overall the NBA continues to kind of chug along it is really nice you know with college basketball having to cancel and postpone games and things like that that you know we kind of continue to persist and if you take a step back and look at it in the grand scheme of things it's, it's been pretty smooth overall so you know fingers crossed it's, I'm just happy we're still going and we have a big slate tonight so we're going to jump into all those games before we do as always, let's check out our overall record. Yesterday was an okay day for us, but still all together, 185, 163, sitting pretty. So we're going to jump right into things. The 76ers taking on the Orlando Magic tonight. Sixers are a nine and a half point favorite on the road. Total sitting at 213. Sixers have won five straight meetings against the Magic, and that includes a 101-96 win at home in their first meeting this season. That was back in November. And Alex, I have a feeling that you have a pretty familiar play on the Magic tonight. If you've been watching the show and, and listening to us at all, it shouldn't be much surprise. I love a Magic team total of under 100.5 points tonight. The Magic continue to deal with just a ton of injuries, a ton of people being out. You know, without Cole Anthony, without um, you know Jalen Suggs, without even you know Mo Wagner, guys like that. It's just who's even in there every single night. The Sixers are happy to kind of take teams like this, slow the pace down, really grind the game out defensively. I mean, honestly, the only reason that I don't like this play even more than I do is this is the sound of me knocking on wood. This would make a lot of sense if Joel Embiid was out tonight. I hope he's not. You know, we just had Giannis kind of screw us all over about an hour ago, but I'm going to try to get on from that. I just, 
it's a great spot. This is a great matchup for the Sixers. I don't see any way the Magic really score here. We have a little bit of a potential for a blowout over, so, you know, that's the devil's advocate version of this, but I think this is a great spot. The Magic struggle to score 100 points on most nights. They will definitely tonight. Yeah, they're only averaging 101.8 points on the season. Philly's defense is 10th in the league in scoring defense, so that's looking great. Josh, when Alex takes these team totals under, I'm always inclined to take the game under. Is that the right move here? Yeah, so I'm taking the game under. Uh, in hindsight, maybe just taking Orlando team total under might make more sense in this situation, I think, just looking at the matchups and profiles of both these teams. But um, you know, like Alex said, a fully healthy Philadelphia against, you know, these bottom tier teams, they like to slow the game down, force them into half court sets and basically just throw them defensively, not give them anything that they want. The Magic going to struggle again to generate, I think, any real decent looks here. Um, you know, I, I think for Philadelphia as well, the one concern I do have is when they do play these teams, they can be quite sloppy themselves offensively. And that's kind of why I lean towards the full game under. It could be one of those games where they themselves struggle to just crack 100 points. And not so much because Orlando's defense is great, just because the pace of the game is going to be so slow. I think both teams are going to go late into the shot clock before um, getting anything up. And one thing I've tracked really closely lately is how slow Orlando has been playing. I've been riding their unders sort of for the past week now. Um, didn't quite get the luck in that Boston game that went to OT, but got some back in the Chicago game. I think this is, again, going to be a similar one where, like I said, a lot of late shot clock possessions for both teams. Philly should do enough to keep the Magic in and around that sort of mid to low 90s range. And I think that's just too many points for Philly to make up on their own to clear the full game total here. Yeah, if the Magic don't blow a 14-point lead in the second half of that Celtics game, that game goes under the team total as well. So both of you taking unders tonight. Alex is going to play the Magic team total under and Josh playing the full game under. The Pistons are in Charlotte tonight, taking on the Hornets. Pistons are a 10.5 point dog on the road here. Total sitting at 228. Detroit knocked off the defending champs Milwaukee Bucks on Monday as 17 point underdogs. So they're now riding a two game win streak for the first time all season. They're coming into this one confident off of those two wins. And so I'm going to play not the Pistons plus 10 and a half. I still don't trust that, but I'm going to play the over in this one. Sadiq Bey for the Pistons had a career high 34 points on Monday. He's now scored 23 points in each of his last three games. So their offense is rolling as best it can for a Pistons offense. Both of these teams are in the bottom 10 in defensive rating. Not a whole lot of defense played tonight. They're also in the top 10 in pace. Uh, Hornets thrive in the fast break. They rank fifth in fast break points. And when the Hornets play a team in the bottom 10 in offensive rating, which the Pistons are, the total's gone over 228 60% of the time. So I like the over in this one. Curious, Alex, on what your thoughts are on the total here. I was a little perplexed this morning when I kind of pulled up my model, put in all my numbers, and it spat out an under for this game. Um, everything that I see, everything that I think, all the stuff that you just lined up makes a ton of sense. I think for whatever reason, Charlotte has slowed down their pace a little bit. Detroit has always been kind of a slow team, a little more methodical, especially with Kate Cunningham kind of holding on to the ball a little bit more. So it could be some stuff like that, but I think... You know, taking a step back, I didn't play the under, um, to be perfectly honest. It's kind of a funky game. And, you know, given how few games we've had of A, with Charlotte with everyone, and B, with the Pistons in total transition, with a big slate tonight, I was actually kind of happy to skip over this one. 
Josh, this number has been climbing. I believe it opened at Hornets eight, eight and a half. It's now up to 10 and a half. What do you think about the side here? Yeah, I was kind of close to the number at the opener, and now I'm showing value on Detroit. Not that I have any interest in getting involved with them whatsoever here, to be honest. Um, I think it's it's tough to want to be laying this many points with Charlotte right now, who are in a little bit of a funk themselves and have lost some of the gloss of that early season shine. But at the same time, you know, as good as Detroit were against Milwaukee, I still think you know that's very much an outlier. I don't think they've necessarily found anything. Um, now that they get their players back as well, it's probably going to change things a little bit. They have been very up-tempo, playing you know very high pace, like you said. Now that Cade's back and healthy and you know back to his usual rhythm, is that going to slow things down again? You know, I don't know. I think it's one of those things where we need to sort of sit and watch and see exactly what that identity is now. Are they going to be a fast-paced team? Uh, much the same like Alex when looking at the total, where I came out at about 225, but... When I first looked at the number, I was like, oh, I've got to bet the over here. Surely that's you know the direction it's going to point me in. Um, Charlotte looking like they might get PJ Washington back as well. He's been upgraded to probable now. I think that's pretty big for the total, both ends. Um, you know, The numbers are offensively when he's on the court are astronomical, and the defensive numbers are astronomically bad. So uh, him playing would be great, I think, for your overs, both ends of the floor there. I, I still think that the overs is the right play, even though my number says otherwise, just looking at how these teams should match up. I think Detroit, probably the right play if you want to play it by the numbers, but I couldn't get involved in this one at all. And similar to the Sixers Magic game, such a big spread. So possibly a blowout. That would be great for me. And the overs tonight, I am taking the over 228. The Rockets, another team that's been struggling as of late, are in D.C. taking on the Wizards. Wizards are a seven and a half point favorite and this total sitting at 230. Christian Wood and Kevin Porter Jr. for the Rockets back in the lineup tonight after serving a one-game suspension for their behavior against the Nuggets two games ago. Kevin Porter Jr. left the arena at a halftime. Christian Wood, he refused to play in the second half. That didn't go over too well for head coach Steven Silas. Alex, the Rockets are 0-5 against the spread in their last five games. They've only covered once in their last nine games. But the tides are turning tonight. You like the Rockets to cover, is that right? I mean, you make it sound so appealing, right? I mean, look at a team. They've lost nine in a row. Like you said, I think one and eight in those games against the spread. But they've kind of got everyone back healthy here tonight. And they're going against a Washington Wizards team that, you know, again, as I start to look at my numbers and make a line for this, I could get close to this number if every single Wizard was healthy. They're not. The Wizards are an absolute mess. Bradley Beal has been in and out of the lineup, you know, weeks in, weeks now. He's playing tonight, but he hasn't quite looked the same. I think his conditioning has really struggled. No Dinwiddie. They continue to miss Thomas Bryant, which makes their centers really thin. Harrell's out tonight. Holiday's out tonight. Rui Hachimura continues to miss spots. Like, it's going to be a lot of Kyle Kuzma, and I'm not really sure what else tonight. And I think the Rockets can handle that. I mean— it's, you know, I don't feel great about it, but at such a big number, I think they can keep this game pretty close, and I just don't see any reason for Washington to be such a big favorite. Josh, do you feel pretty good about the Rockets in this one? Uh, I'm so conflicted. I, I do feel good, and I hate that I do, because like Alex said, I come out at basically a 7, or thereabouts to a 7, and that's if Washington had all their bodies available, which they don't, and some of those I think are pretty crucial in a game like this, as strange as it might sound, because if it does turn into an up-and-down shootout, 
Um, you know, do you really trust Kyle Kuzma to be the one leading the charge for the majority of the game? You know, you know what you're going to get from Bradley Beal. But outside of that, it's, you know, very much rocks and diamonds, I think, from the rest of that Wizards roster. And while that's the case as well for the Rockets, I think there's just no way you can really justify a number this big um, in a matchup like this with the personnel that's available to both sides. Houston, like you said, getting their pieces back. I think it's only... Armani Brooks and Sengun from memory, I think, on the injury report for them at the moment. So nothing really lost for them in that regard. I think they absolutely fall within the number. And I think they could be live to win this one outright, to be perfectly honest. And, you know, famous last words, because we could be on the show tomorrow talking about how the Rockets lost by 25 again. So nothing will shock me in this game whatsoever. But I'm definitely going to be on the Rockets here. I just can't quite get to the number. If you're Christian Wood or Kevin Porter Jr., you would think that they would come out and be professionals and really compete, but do you think there's any chance that they kind of want to say, well, this situation, we're still not over it. We're not going to play very hard. Is that a possibility at all tonight, Josh? Uh, Kevin Porter Jr., like, it's, yeah, he's the type of guy who strikes me as someone who might be that way, just given how things unfolded in Cleveland, right? Um, and the dummy spit that he had. But at the same time, he, he surely has to look at it as, you know, I can't make a reputation for myself here. I've been given this lifeline. Do I really want to throw it away? Is any team going to take a risk on him after here? Probably not. So, yeah, I'd imagine that the professional side of things shows for both players. At least I like to hope so, unless Alex thinks otherwise. No, I agree. I mean, it's tough. I honestly care more about Christian Wood. Kevin Porter Jr. is a perfectly nice player, but he doesn't move the needle that much for me. I worry about him more personally. There seems to be this history of him being a problem in the locker room for him acting out. And there's not a lot of history of those guys getting better without getting pushed out of the league first. And hopefully he figures it out. This is kind of maybe his last stop unless he really cleans things up here. Gets before. I mean, I don't even know if he would be a G League player, honestly, given how he behaves. I mean, that's not what you really want on your G League team. Maybe he'll go bounce around, play in China, play in Europe, something like that. But, I mean, Christian Wood, I think he's going to be okay. Again, I don't know if there's too many incidents with him. But, I mean, the Houston Rockets, they're happy to trade anything at a moment's notice. They're not attached to anybody. So, hopefully these guys kind of take it seriously tonight again. From a handicapping standpoint, I really only care about Wood. Well, if Kevin Porter Jr. can't clean it up, he can maybe go hang out with Antonio Brown, and they can sit courtside at Nets games and and check things out. But for you guys tonight, playing the Rockets, hoping they cover the 7.5 over the Wizards. The Brooklyn Nets in Indiana tonight. One of the most intriguing matchups of the night. Brooklyn is a nine-point favorite on the road, totals 224.5. Kyrie Irving is expected to make his big return for the Nets after missing the first 35 games of the season. He hasn't played in an NBA game since June 13th of earlier this year. I took the Nets this morning at minus 6.5. This number has skyrocketed all the way up to 9, but I'm going to play it regardless, even without... Kyrie in, I still like the Nets in this spot tonight because they blew a 14-point lead in the final minutes of Saturday's loss to the Clippers. After that game, Kevin Durant said that the team came in to the game with a messed up attitude, and I use messed up in in replace of a different word. (laughs) A couple days later, Nets respond. They lose outright to the Grizzlies. They were down by as much as 28 at one point. Steve Nash said after that game that the loss was embarrassing. So even without this Kyrie Irving factor, I still like the Nets tonight as this being a bounce back spot for them. I mean, after two of those embarrassing losses and, and the way they lost and the things that were said after the game, I think this is a good spot for them to get right tonight. Alex, what do you think? 
Well, you know, I'm not betting on the Pacers. Um, definitely not doing that. Uh, I think you're right. This is a really nice spot for the Nets, but I have just been totally off base betting on against the Pacers all season. I just can't wrap my head around them, and every single time I try to, I'm wrong. I'm not saying that people should have a list of things that they don't do, but I'm probably done betting Pacers games for a little bit while until I can figure this out. You're right. Everything points to this to being a great net spot. I show a little value in this Nets number. I'm actually kind of happy there's no Kyrie if I'm betting on the Nets at this point. I'm, let's get some continuity here. Let's let Kyrie kind of get his you know um, wings underneath him a little bit in another game. So I think this is a good spot for the Nets, but I'm not really allowed to bet this game. <laughs> That's on your do not bet list. Good to know. Josh, what are your thoughts on this game? A lot of eyes, and is maybe this total ticked up a little because of this Kyrie factor? Yeah, I think that certainly has a part to play in it. I'm completely with you. Brooklyn is the side here. I absolutely loved the five and a half, which was clearly a mistake when it opened. I loved six and a half. I thought seven was still good. Seven and a half, probably fair. Um, yeah, my number is eight, so it's kind of getting out of control for me, and that's the only reason I'm not getting involved. Otherwise, it's, it's very simply Brooklyn or pass. There's just too much to like about them against a Pacers team that's still so heavily depleted. And, you know, we spoke about yesterday, it's not just the fact that they have so many bodies out, it's that they're all in the sort of, you know, point guard, ball handling positions, which makes it extremely difficult to run any sort of efficient offense as a result. Um, Sabonis played absolutely ridiculous minutes yesterday as well. I think it was he almost touched 40 minutes played. So a lot of fatigue there as well for this team. This absolutely could get ugly. I, I don't see a world where the Pacers can keep it within single digits. But again, it's probably just ballooned a little bit too far for me to be able to get involved with them. Sabonis played 39 minutes last night. Four Pacers starters played at least 32 minutes. Flying back from New York last night as well. So the fatigue factor here also factors into me playing the Brooklyn Nets tonight at minus nine. The Raptors in Milwaukee tonight taking on the Bucks. This one was a supposed to be a showdown between Kate and Alex. Alex had the Bucks earlier today, and then Giannis Antetokounmpo is announced out with illness tonight. So this number went from Alex, it was eight and a half, eight. Oh, all the way cares? down to three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so it was yeah, seven and a half, eight, a eight, eight. <laughs> The total two twenty one. Raptors coming off a win over the Spurs last night. They won their last three. Bucks had a six game win streak snapped at the hands of the Detroit Pistons. So Alex, this was supposed to be a good bounce back spot for the Bucks. Is it still going to be a good bounce back spot for the Bucks? It should be. I mean, if there is ever a spot to fade the Toronto Raptors, here it is. I mean, as people know, we've talked about it on the show, Toronto not having fans in the stadium. That really means that this is going to be a big adjustment. They go from a completely quiet stadium to going to Milwaukee, which, you know, is, tends to be pretty loud. Those those guys show up for those games. I mean, they've been really good. It's a three and four. It's a back to back. Milwaukee is rested here. You know, this is a good spot for them. I loved Milwaukee, minus seven, minus eight with Giannis. I've honestly been still mulling taking Milwaukee again at this number. I mean, I already still have some Milwaukee at minus seven, so no reason to double down necessarily, but I might do it anyway. I just It's such a great spot to go against a Raptors team that is just in line for a down night. All right, well, I'm going to disagree with you there. I like the Raptors tonight. They've covered in eight of their last nine. Fred Van Fleet has been playing fantastic, scored 30 or more points in three straight games. Shooting 45% from three. 
Hey, don't roll your eyes at me. Pascal Siakam is <laughs> averaging 23 points, shooting 52% in their last five games. So these guys finally got back and are getting healthy and are starting to play really well together. The Raptors also lead the league in fast break points and their second and second chance points. And Milwaukee's just middle of the road when it comes to defending in those categories. So I'm going against you tonight, Alex. I'm going to take the Raptors at plus three and a half. Josh, the over is 8-0 in the Raptors' last eight games. Six and one in the Bucks last seven games. Any thoughts on the total in this one? Yeah, I lean towards the under here. Um, I had this spot circled as well for you know much the same as what Alex said. This Toronto is a quick little pit stop away from their home and in front of fans again after not playing in front of fans for a little while. So a little bit frustrated how it's all panned out. I do think there's a little bit of value on the under here, and you look at how these two teams played out their earlier meeting in where we also got a little bit screwed over with Giannis being pulled last second in that game. Um, and it was just a really slow, grindy sort of game, and that's kind of how I anticipate this game script to be. The only question mark I have around Toronto, same as what I said yesterday, is I don't think my rating on them is particularly accurate now that they are fully healthy. I think that they are largely going to be a buy-on team in the next couple of weeks. Um, it's just, you know, for me, a matter of grasping exactly what and who they are now that they have all their bodies available and playing together and getting those consistent minutes under their belt at long last. So I lean towards the under. I still think I lean towards the Bucks to cover here. I don't say it with a whole lot of confidence, though. Um, but, yeah, a little frustrated we didn't get the uh, Giannis game so that we could actually, you know, have some decent angles to attack, I think. Well, I'm glad Giannis is out tonight. Mike Budenholzer also out tonight. He's in health and safety protocol. I'm not happy about that, but I'm happy um, that, you know, the Raptors is a little bit more of an edge for them tonight. I'm taking the Raptors plus three and a half, looking to beat the Bucks on their home court tonight. Checking out some questions. As always, thank you for sending those in. We appreciate it and love to answer these for you. When is it worth eating the extra juice to take the money line instead of laying the points with a short favorite? Is there any rule of thumb there? Alex, you look like you have an answer. Well, the, the truest answer is to do a bunch of math and try to figure out what percentage of the time you think they win and what percentage of the time you think they win by one, two, or three. Compare the two of those and do that. That takes a lot of work. If you can figure that out, that is really what you should be doing. You should be trying to create kind of probabilities for to win, to win by certain points. But that's a lot of math. That's honestly more math than I can kind of do. If I need to do stuff like that, I actually rely on some friends. In general, you should be trying to sell points. You should never be buying points, especially in some of these regular season games. Yes, these are very efficient markets, and the lines often finish very close to what the actual outcome is. But... You should be selling points. You're always going to do, be doing better that way. If a team wins, they almost always win by one, two, three, four points. If a team's going to cover six, they usually cover by eight or nine. So just in general, stay away from buying points. But if you can take the time, you can do the math, and the math says it's actually worth taking, say, minus 125 instead of minus one and a half, minus 110, then you do it. But for those of you that aren't so good at math, sell. That is me. I'm one of those people who are not very good at math, so I need to find some friends who are good at math like you, Alex. Josh, do you have any sort of rule of thumb that you follow in these situations? Uh, no, I think I think that was summed up pretty perfectly. Um, unless you have a system in place, a math-based system in place, um, that sort of highlights and indicates to you what the right number is to be laying in money line situations, I would always advocate to 
take the points or to sell the points and, and play higher. And for me, it's always a case of playing lines over money lines. I will, I could, off the top of my head, I cannot remember the time I played juice and played a money line as opposed to a minus one and a half in the NBA, especially in the regular season. I think I have in the playoffs a couple of times, um, but not in the regular season off the top of my head. We have one question on if any of us played uh, Malik Monk's points last night. He had 24 points. He shot 53% from the field, 54% from three. Is that a play for either of you? No. I'm, uh, I'm not, a, not a prop guy. Not a prop guy. So I can't say I, I saw it coming. Can't say I was involved in any way, shape, or form. Alex might have. He seems to pick these things I, I better than I do. I looked at it. I've been poking around with some prop stuff, trying to dust some things off. You know, there's just not enough going on with basketball, tennis, and football and hockey. I need something else to do. <laughs> so, um, I mean, monk overs have been great. I would say, you know, similar to what I just said, sell points. Look for a book where you can get alt overs. He seems to be getting a lot of minutes, which makes sense. You know, when, um, you know, in general, you have to pay on what the Lakers did this offseason, but they at least did try to bring some shooters in. And Malik Monk is that perfect kind of guy where if he can find some of that talent that we saw, that raw talent that we saw in Kentucky, even at Charlotte, harness it a little bit, and finally for the first time in his life get a chance to shoot open three-pointers. I mean, when he was drafted in the league, he was arguably one of the best shooters in the league, like as a rookie, just based on form and kind of what you knew about him. I mean, and we've seen that here, but he finally has someone in LeBron who can create opportunities, a couple decent passers. I think guys like Avery Bradley are actually a little underrated in that regard. So for the first time, he's finally getting looks. I mean, if you're interested, I, I couldn't blame anybody for taking Malik Monk. Threes made over, points over, see if you can same game, parlay them, look at some alt over some things, because when he pops, he really pops. Any props that you guys are looking for tonight? I hadn't had a chance to look at too much. All right. I mean, a lot of it's going to come down to, I'm curious to see if Embiid's in, then I'm going to probably look at like a lot of Wender Carter Jr. unders. He's been putting up some really nice numbers against kind of non-existent big men. So he's somebody I might look to bet some unders tonight, but um, I'll tweet something out. So if you follow me at underscore noobs, I'll put some stuff out. Or we also put stuff out at Ace NBA preview. So we'll probably have some NBA players props there, but I think it'll be a good Wendell Carter Jr. under night. All right, well, we will all check back on Twitter later tonight to see if either of you play any props. I'll take a look at those as well and, and tweet out some if I have them as well. Checking out our best bets for today. Let's see here. Rockets. Oh, I can't believe you guys are both playing the Rockets. Rockets, we have Magic Team Total. We have an under in that game. And then I am uh, hoping the Nets can cover this big number over the Pacers here tonight and take in the Raptors plus three and a half in Milwaukee with no Giannis. That is all we have for you today. A wrap on today's show. We thank you always for joining us. Again, head over to Twitter later today. Check out if, if Alex or Josh have any props. Josh is at punt underscore school on Twitter. And Alex is at underscore noops. I am at K Constable. That is all we have for you. We will see you back here tomorrow. Have a good night.